Happy Friday, sisters. Welcome back to Come Sis With Me, the podcast, a movement fueled by the heart of women with a desire to experience genuine community that uplifts, empowers, and strengthens one another on one common ground, sisterhood. I'm your host, Mia, and today I want to start by asking you a question. What are you depositing with each encounter that you have with another woman? I ask you this because this week has been quite a little roller coaster of experiences. And I guess it, it's just, it, it's the way things are going to have to go now. Um, but it left me with feeling such a deep passion in my heart and regard for how we handle one another. And it really comes and stems from compassion, the amount of compassion that you have in your heart. And are you able to, one, recognize it within yourself so that you can deposit that with other women? So before I jump into the whole compassion and sisterhood talk, the question was, what are you depositing with each encounter with another woman? I have a really cool friend um, that I met some years ago, and I had the opportunity to stay at her house. And what's really funny is almost everyone who stays or has ever roomed with this particular friend that I have, um, all of her mutual friends, like all of the friends that we have, say this one thing about her. It's like her thing. And what's really funny is that the thing is, how do I say it? It is unique to her, but it's not something that women typically, I mean, it's probably something that you do, but it's not something that you really have a name for it. But she put a name to it and it's marinating. And I tell you what it is so that you don't just start making up your own ideas. She literally just sits in bed sometimes Like after she wakes up, she feels like there's this unique space and time that she needs just to gather her thoughts when she wakes up. And it's so, when I think about it and I I think about her, like I just giggle because she's such, she's the sweetest person ever. And this little piece of her has, it's small, but it's so mighty. And she has literally deposited that into all of the other relationships that she has with women. I know that I've taken it and used it for myself. I know other women who um, are our friends have used it in their own way and, and really thought about how it could be a permission to rest um, when you don't have it all together in the moment and just permission to be. And It is, like I said, it's small, but it's mighty. It really makes a huge difference sometimes in the morning just to sit there and just have your thoughts. So I love that no matter who she's around, no matter who she's with, if you spend the night with her, if you take a vacation with her, if you go to visit her at her house and you get up in the morning before her or you get up, she's probably up before you, but you get up and actually get out (laughs) She's probably still sitting in her bed and it's the most amazing thing. I I just, I enjoy that piece of her um, probably 
it's one of the things that I enjoy about her the most. But it's also her compassionate heart. And how compassion works and why it's essential is it at least depositing that in sisterhood is that it increases the value. Um, it increases the value of the encounter and the interaction, but it also yields the most return. Compassion in the Webster's Dictionary is described or defined as a sympathetic Oh, no, no, no. You know what? Let me give you this other this other definition first. So the other definition that I found was um, just a random Google search. Um, sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or the misfortunes of others. I'm like, mm, I like that definition, but I don't love it. It's not giving what I really was thinking about when I when I said I wanted to share this on the podcast this week. So I went to Webster. And so this is their definition, a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. A sympathetic consciousness, you're aware of another person's distress, our potential distress, together with a desire or at least a a heart that seeks to alleviate it or at least not do any more damage than what potentially is already there. So I've just added my own definition with Webster's, but that's what I see and feel when I think about compassion. So really quick though, because I think we sometimes get confused with compassion and empathy and it's not something that is too, they're not terribly different, but I Googled that too. And this is a part of Webster's dictionary kind of explanation is compassion and empathy both refer to a caring response to someone else's distress, but empathy refers to like an active sharing in the emotional experience of the other person, while compassion adds to that emotional experience, that a desire to alleviate the person's distress. So compassion adds, right? Increases value and empathy is an active sharing in it. It's like, okay, I'm empathetic to what you're going through. Let me sit in this hole with you. And compassion is like, what can I do to add to this experience? But in my mind, I actually think about what can I do to not make this experience even more detrimental to than what what you're going through and how can I help you right now so that your distress is not something that literally breaks the camel's back now why I thought about this this week right compassion is deep and penetrating and it goes beyond the often fleeting circumstances of the moment And (laughs) I was put in a position this week where I'm really grateful that God gave me the ability to be conscious in my mind about what potentially someone could be going through. But I was placed in a situation this week where I paid for a service and the service was really important to me. Uh, I really, I scheduled it. I, I arrived on time. I was like prepared for what was going to take place and it didn't, it didn't happen. Right. Um, the person who was supposed to extend the services had 
uh, unforeseen circumstance take place. Um, something that she could not really, there's nothing really she could have done. Um, and there's nothing that I could have done, right? She actually tried all of the things that she could do to try to alleviate the issue and the problem. But the the facts were what, what they were. I was not going to receive the service on time or even on the day that I needed it done or what I prepared for it to be done. And I remember sitting just for a second, um, actually I was sitting for a couple, like for like a half 20, 20 to 30 minutes waiting for her to try to, you know, figure out how to correct the problem. And I remember just stopping and praying and just asking God, like what he wanted from me in the moment. I'm so grateful for that time <laughs> because I don't know about you guys, but I'm typically not a person who does well with having to reframe or restructure what's going on when I've already like created a path for myself. Once I'm on this road, I'm like, mm, I want to stay on this road. Uh, my husband will tell you that if you ask him, like, hey, she's not good with changing direction. If this is what we said we're, the plan is, I like to stick to the plan. But there's no way we could stick to the plan this day. And, and after I was done praying and she, you know, came back with, you know, the only thing that we can do is reschedule at this point. Instead of, it's something in me, recognize something in her that she was in like this deep distress. You could tell that this has never happened to her before, that she's never been in a situation like this. And one, we've never met in person, right? We've only inter, you know, interacted via, you know, virtually our internet, not even speaking to one another. So she didn't know how I was going to respond, but I sensed in her this distress. Like she was, if you could send out bat signals in that moment, she was definitely sending them out. And she was just like, I could see that potentially depending on my response, <laughs> right? The compassion one or the uncompassionate one, that that would have been what completely broke her in that moment. And I am so grateful to God that he gave me the foresight and the wisdom and the compassion to in that moment say, it's okay, sis, breathe, give me a hug. We'll reschedule. Sometimes there's just, there's power in the push through. I know that, but there's also power in the ability to say, not today. Let's try again tomorrow. And why I say compassion yields a deeper return is because when we came back together Friday, today, what I got in service from her was so superior and grander and greater. I don't even have a good word to what I probably was going to get on Wednesday. Woo! God is good. God is good. Um, but why I thought it was really important to share with you guys today is because sometimes we get so anchored. We anchor our souls so deeply in the things of this world and the things that we have planned right in front of us that are fleeting in nature, right? Because really, if you go back, you're like, oh, 
that probably is not going to last that long. Not that important in the moment. In the moment, it's the most important thing. But it's really a worldly treasure that's going to die anyway one day. That we should be so we should be so much more worried about the impact that we have on the women who we encounter. The impact that the pure essence of your spirit should be exuding in sisterhood in the number one thing, maybe not the number one thing, but close, if not the number one thing that we should be depositing in every single transaction with any woman that we come in contact with is compassion. Now, I'm not asking you to go and like, alleviate every sister's financial physical emotional mental need in the moment but i am asking for the part the definite the part of the definition of compassion which is that sympathetic consciousness of someone else's distress with a desire to alleviate it doesn't say you actually act and alleviate remember that's empathy compassion is just adding to it are not adding to it, <laughs> right? It's a desire to, if I have it, to give, sis, I got you. I'm going to help you through this. I'm not going to create any more distress for you because I know, I see that you're already going through something. And you know what? To be honest with you, if I act or acted um, in a, is it discompassionate or uncompassionate? In an uncompassionate way towards her, it's not just going to stress her out, but that's stressful on you. Have you ever just got like really upset and then you realize, I just had a whole fit and that only stressed me out more, not anybody else. Be aware of that. Be conscious of that. It's a thing. It's not just something that happens. It is something, a lot of times we bring on our own stress. You ever heard of self-induced stress? It's reality. It is in the psychology books that I've studied, read, and had to take tests and write many, many, many of papers on. Okay. It's not good English, but you know what I'm talking about. So I, I don't want you to anchor your soul in things that are fleeting and not in the actual impacting of people, impacting of women, impacting of sisters that you're going to come around, right? And what I recognized, because compassion is not just like, it's not just for them. It is also for you. What having a compassionate spirit allows you to do almost seamlessly is pivot. So I talked about pivot. I shared it on Instagram this week because that was in the moment. That's what happened. But even a couple of days before I shared a picture of my husband and I, we went to this really cute farm up in, uh, uh, I think it's Plymouth meeting in PA. And <laughs> I'm picking, I'm really excited because you get to pick flowers there all on your own. You get to cut them and put them in the thing. And they're like $6 for like a hundred stems. It was really cheap. So I was really excited. And it's just a beautiful place to take pictures. So I was like, Oh, we're going to get good pictures. I'm going to have a basket full of flowers. I start picking flowers and I turn around because I'm so excited about the flowers that I picked to show him so he could take a picture. And all the flowers that I just picked and plucked and cut and put in the basket are gone. Where did the flowers go, sis? Where are the flowers? They're all on. I don't even know. They just fell out somewhere. And he takes a picture and it like captures the essence of like what I felt in the moment, which was, oh, where the heck are my flowers? Right. 
And instead of being annoyed or or even in that moment, just wasting any more time than what potentially I could have wasted, right? I pivoted. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just keep cutting flowers or I'm gonna take a picture in this really pretty ambiance of flowers all around me and I'll, I'll get back to picking in a second. Pivot is a central point, especially in business. It's a complete change of the way in which one does something or it's beginning to run or manage something in a completely different way. I love uh, how I found a, a basketball reference because, um, you know, my, my baby's uh my husband is a basketball player. So he often inspires me to use these, you know, references to basketball. But the definition in the Webster's Dictionary is a movement in which the player is holding the ball and may move in any direction with one foot while keeping the other in contact with the floor. And I feel like when you're compassionate, you have one foot anchored and you're like, yes, this is what I want to do. But the compassion allows you to move from left to right with the thing still, and you know, you still have an anchoring, you still have a foundation. It's still you connected to whatever essentially was the central point of where you were at, right? But you're able to move and just adjust as needed, depending on where you want the ball to go. I love the idea of pivoting and how that is what your spirit is allowed to do when you have a compassionate heart. I love that. And Wednesday, when I couldn't get what I wanted, instead of flipping out, I pivoted. I was like, well, not going to not going to get the service I want today, but I'm not going to stress her out and then stress me out. I'm going to pivot. I'm still get what I want. I'm still be able to go where I want. Right. It's just going to be in a different direction. It may look a different way. The path that I have to take may not be the one that I originally designed. Right. But it's okay. I can run or manage it in a different way. So that's what. I wanted to share with you today. That's what I wanted your heart to hear. My heart. It's been a crazy week, but I love Fridays and I love being able to share these things with you. But hey, sisters. Okay. If you listen to me on Spotify, please leave me a voicemail using the feature in the episode notes. And if you are on any other format like Apple or Amazon, do you even know that you can listen to podcasts on Amazon? I had no idea, but you can. So if you do use that format, send me an email or DM me on IG. I want to hear from you. I thank you in advance for the voicemails and the DMs that you're going to send me or the emails that you're going to send me. But that's it for this Friday. I'll catch you next week. Same place, same time. And if you don't already know, sis, you got this. Bye, guys. Love ya.